Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dads Read Princess Stories, the podcast where dads from around the world read stories about princesses from around the world. I am your host, RPJ. And if you didn't already know, this season of Dads Read Princess Stories is all about the Cinderella tale. But before we get into Cinderella, I just want to take a quick second to talk about gender reveal parties. Now, there are parents out there. We're talking about dads and moms and parents in general. I'm not going to get into the whole gender thing. I'm not going to get into the LGBTQI community and how it affects that. If you still can't wrap your head around other genders that are outside of male or female, okay, that's another thing. But I'm just going to say, if if your party, if your event about celebrating what genitals your child has and how you want to dress them, makes the world look like Blade Runner, maybe don't do it? Now, I know you might think, well, you know, there's safe ways of doing it, only there was just one stupid person that started a fire on the west coast of America. You know, we don't all do that. Well, I mean, it only takes one. It only took one to make the entire west coast of America, and I'm not talking about just the United States, we're talking Canada, we're talking the West Coast, all looks like that now, from forest fires. These things are happening. It's hot out. Things burn quick. Maybe don't do it. Maybe just celebrate the fact that your child's being born. Just go, yay, I'm doing it. Also, also, here's a thought. Maybe... Just save the money. I mean, it is a global pandemic, and people are not working, and a lot of people don't have money. So do we really need to be putting that money into things that explode to let people know that your child will wear blue clothes or pink clothes? Just think about it. Anywho, Cinderella. That is what our second season is all about. Let's get back on track. How many Cinderella tales can there actually be? You're probably thinking to yourself if you have not heard this podcast before, because if you've heard this podcast before, you would know that we've at least done 10 episodes of Cinderella Tales. So there's at least 10. But the fact is, there are hundreds. There are hundreds of Cinderella-esque tales around the world dating as far back as 850 AD in China. So hey, interesting fact. Now you know that Cinderella was not originated as a white, blue-eyed, blonde woman. Cool, hey? And if that fact has ruined your day, I'm not sure what to tell you. Maybe be happy with the fact that uh, 
you still have Elsa as a white savior character in fairy tales because she's white with blue eyes and blonde hair that's mostly white but you know blondie white and rides a horse and saves uh, indigenous people because apparently indigenous people can't solve problems for them for themselves so yeah you still have that if that's your political view otherwise yay for diversity so this season you will be hearing dads from all different backgrounds reading various versions of the cinderella tale each dad will read in their own voice and sometimes a dad might do silly cartoonish accents and voices they might suddenly have someone be really gruff or really light or maybe they'll try and do their most best British accent or maybe they do their worst William Shatner accent ever who knows it it could be anything that's not my William Shatner that was me doing a bad William Shatner I'll do my William Shatner for you another day maybe the dad does sound effects they open a door. She walks over to him. Sound of shoes. Maybe maybe that's on wood. Or maybe they maybe they rush over. There's a goat on the ground. That's my that's my goat. And they pick up the goat. And they throw the goat. Sploosh. That's the sound of a goat falling in water. How do you like that? Maybe the dad it's really quiet it's very intimate maybe it feels like it's late at night and you just had a hot cup of hot chocolate you're tucked in bed and he's here to tell you a bedtime story maybe the dad just does a very nice straight reading of the tale letting you hear every moment of it maybe they even do little asides commenting on what's happening in the story as it's going on. You know, the prince comes out of the room and he hands the glass slipper. Mm, Side note, probably actually a heel, but, you know, whatever. And at the end of each tale, every dad will give you what they think is the moral of the story. This moral can be funny or it can be serious. It can be what they think the moral is from when it was written or how it connects to today. It changes with every dad and every tale. So, what tale will we be hearing today? Well, if you didn't read the description, then let me tell you, because today we bring to you the Brothers Grimm Cinderella tale, Ashen Poodle. One of the most famous tellings of the Cinderella tale the Brothers Grimm published Ashen Poodle as part of their first edition of Children's and Household Tales in 1812. Now that was a while ago. Reading the story for you today is Brian Skinner. Brian lives in Victoria, BC, Canada and has two kids. Finn, age 13. No, he was not in Stranger Things. Different Finn, I think. And Donovan, who's eight years old. Brian loves to tell stories through the mediums of song and filmmaking. 
Brian has been involved in independent film for over 20 years and currently operates Versus Media, a video production company, as well as working in the film industry in various capacities. He is the former executive director of Cinevic, the Society of Independent Filmmakers. His latest film, the comedy feature Open for Submissions, is currently on the festival circuit and was nominated for three BC Film Industry Leo Awards. So, you know that you're going to have a good storyteller for this episode. Please, enjoy one of the most famous and darkest versions of the Cinderella tale, the Brothers Grimm, Aschenpudel. Once upon a time, the wife of a rich man fell sick, and when she felt that her end drew nigh, she called her only daughter to her bedside and said, Always be a good girl, and I will look down from heaven and watch over you. Soon afterwards, she shut her eyes and died and was buried in the garden, of course. And the little girl went every day to her grave and wept and was always good and kind to all about her. And the snow fell and spread a beautiful white covering over the grave. But by the time the spring came and the sun had melted it away again, her father had married another wife. This new wife had two daughters of her own and she brought that she brought home with her. They were fair in face, but foul at heart, and it was now a sorry time for the poor little girl. What does a good-for-nothing want in the parlor? said they. They who would eat bread should earn it first. Away with the kitchen maid! Then they took away her fine clothes and gave her an old gray frock to put on and laughed at her and turned her into the kitchen. There she was forced to do hard work, to rise early before daylight, to bring the water, to make the fire, to cook and to wash. Besides that, the sisters plagued her in all sorts of ways and laughed at her. In the evening when she was tired, she had no bed to lie down on, but she was made to lie by the hearth among the ashes. And this, of course, always made her dusty and dirty. They called her Ashputl. It happened once that the father was going to the fair and asked his wife's daughters what he should bring them. Fine clothes, said the first. Pearls and diamonds, cried the second. Now, child, said he to his own daughter, what will you have? The first twig, dear father, that brushes against your hat when you turn your face to come homewards, said she. Then he brought for the first two the fine clothes and pearls and diamonds they had asked for. And on his way home, as he rode through a green copse, a hazel twig brushed against him and almost pushed off his hat. So he broke it off and brought it away. And when he got home, he gave it to his daughter. Then she took it and went to her mother's grave and planted it there and cried so much that it was watered with her tears. And there it grew and became a fine tree. Three times every day she went to it and cried. And soon a little bird came and built its nest upon the tree and talked with her and watched over her and brought her whatever she wished for. Now it happened that the king of the land held a feast 
which was to last three days. And out of those who came to it, his son was to choose a bride for himself. A little bit presumptuous, but don't mind that. Ashen Poodle's two sisters were asked to come, so they called her up and said, Now, comb our hair, brush our shoes, tie our sashes for us, for we're going to dance at the king's feast. Then she did as she was told. But when all was done, she could not help but crying, for she thought to herself, she would have liked to have gone with them to the ball. And at last she begged her mother very hard to let her go. You? Ash Poodle, said she. You have nothing to wear, no, no clothes at all. And who can not even dance? You want to go to the ball? And she kept on begging. She said at last to get rid of her. I will throw this dish full of peas into the ash heap. And if in two hours time you have picked them all out, you shall go to the feast too. Then she threw the peas down among the ashes, but the little maiden ran out the back door into the garden and cried out, Hither, hither through the sky, turtle doves and linnets fly, blackbird thrush and chaffinch gay, hither, hither, haste away, one and all, come help me quick, haste ye, haste ye, pick, pick, pick. Then first came two white doves flying in at the kitchen window. Next came two turtle doves, and after them came all the little birds under heaven, chirping and fluttering in, and they flew down into the ashes, and the little doves stooped their heads down and set to work, pick, 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 and then the others began to pick, 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 and among them all, they soon picked out all the good grain and put it in a dish, but left the ashes. Long before the end of the hour, the work was quite done, and all flew out again at the windows. Then Ashpoodle brought the dish to her mother, overjoyed at the thought she could now go to the ball. But her mother said, No, 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 you slut! You have no clothes, and cannot dance. You shall not go. And when Ashpoodle begged very hard to go, she said, If you can... In one hour's time, pick two of those dishes of peas out of the ashes. You shall go two. And thus she thought that she should at last get rid of her. So she shook two dishes of peas into the ashes. But the little maiden went out into the garden at the back of the house and cried out as before. Hither, hither, through the sky, turtle doves and linnets fly. Blackbird, thrush, and chaffinch gay, hither, hither, waste away, come one and come all, help me quick, hasty, hasty, pick, pick, pick. Then first came the two white doves at the kitchen window, next came two turtle doves, and after them came all the little birds under heaven, chirping and hopping about, and as they flew down into the ashes, the little doves put their heads down and set to work. Pick, pick, pick. And then the others began to pick, pick, pick. And then they all put the good grain into the dishes and left all the ashes. Before half an hour's time was done, out they flew again. And then Ash Poodle took the dishes to her mother, rejoicing to think she could now go to the ball. But her mother said, <laughs> It's all of no use. One cannot go, you have no clothes, you cannot dance. 
You would only put us to shame. Off she went with her two daughters to the ball. Now when all were gone and nobody left at home, Ashpoodle went sorrowfully and sat down under the hazel tree and cried out, Shake, shake, hazel tree, gold and silver over me. Then her friend the bird flew out of the tree and brought a gold and silver dress for her and slippers of spangled silk, and she put them on and followed her sisters to the feast. But they did not know her and thought it must be some strange princess. She looked so fine and beautiful in her rich clothes, and they never once thought of Ashputtle, taking it for granted that she was safe at home in the dirt. The king's son soon came up to her and took her by the hand and danced with her and no one else. And he never left her hand. But when anyone else came to ask her to dance, he said, this lady is dancing with me. And thus they danced until the late hour of the night. And then she wanted to go home and the king's son said, I shall go and take care of you to your home. For he wanted to see where the beautiful maiden lived. But she slipped away from him unawares and ran off towards home. And as the prince followed her, she jumped into the pigeon house and shut the door. Then he waited until her father came home and told him that the unknown maiden who had been at the feast had hid herself in the pigeon house. But when they had broken open the door, they found no one within. And as they came back into the house, Ashputtle was lying, as she always did, in her dirty frock by the ashes, and her dim little lamp was burning in the chimney, for she had run as quickly as she could through the pigeon house and on to the hazel tree, and had there taken off her beautiful clothes and put them beneath the tree, that the bird might carry them away, and had lain down again amidst the ashes in her little gray frock. The next day, when the feast was held again, her father, mother, and sisters were gone. Ashputtle went to the hazel tree and said, Shake, shake, hazel tree, gold and silver over me. And the bird came and brought a still finer dress than the one she had worn the day before. And when she came in it to the ball, everyone wondered at her beauty. But the king's son, who was waiting for her, took her by the hand and danced with her. And when anyone asked her to dance, as he had said before, this lady is dancing with me. When night came, she wanted to go home, and the king's son followed her as before, that he might see into what house she went. Oh, creepy. But she sprang away from him all at once into the garden behind her father's house. In this garden stood a fine pear tree full of ripe fruit, and Ashpoodle, not knowing where to hide herself, jumped into it without being seen. Then the king's son lost sight of her and could not find out where she was gone, but waited until her father came home and said to him, The unknown lady who danced with me has slipped away, and I think she must have sprung into the pear tree. The father thought to himself, Hmm, can it be Ashpoodle? So he had an axe brought, and they cut down the tree, but found no one upon it. And when they came back into the kitchen, there lay Ashputtle among the ashes, for she had slipped down on the other side of the tree and carried her beautiful clothes back to the 
bird at the hazel tree and then put on her little gray frock. The third day, when her father and mother and sisters were gone, she went to the garden and again said, Shake, shake, hazel tree, gold and silver over me. Then her kind friend, the bird, brought a dress still finer than the former one and slippers which were all of gold, so that when she came to the feast, no one knew what to say, for to wonder at her beauty, and the king's son danced with nobody but her. And when anyone else asked her to dance, he said, This lady is my partner, sir. When night came, she wanted to go home, and the king's son would go with her, and said to himself, I will not lose her this time. But, however, she slipped away from him again, though in such a hurry that she dropped her golden left slipper upon the stairs. The prince took the shoe and went the next day to the king, his father, and said, I will take for my wife the lady that this golden slipper fits. Then both the sisters were overjoyed to hear it, for they had beautiful feet had no doubt that they could wear the golden slipper. The eldest went first into the room where the slipper was and wanted to try it on, and the mother stood by. But her great toe would not go into it, and the shoe was altogether too small for her. Then the mother gave her a knife and said, Never mind, cut it off. When you are queen, you will not care about toes. You will not want to walk. So the silly girl cut off her great toe and thus squeezed on the shoe and went to the king's son. Then he took her for his bride and set her beside him on his horse and rode away with her homewards. But on their way home, they had to pass by the hazel tree that Ashputtel had planted. And on the branch sat a little dove singing, Back again, back again, look to the shoe. The shoe is too small and not made for you. Prince, prince, look again for thy bride, for she's not the true one that sits by thy side. Then the prince got down and looked at her foot, and he saw, by the blood that streamed from it, that a trick had been played on him. So he turned his horse round and brought the false bride back to her home and said, uh, This is not the right bride. Let the other sister try and put on the slipper. Then she went into the room and got her foot into the shoe, but all but the heel, which was too large. But her mother squeezed it in until the blood came and took her to the king's son, and he set her as his bride by his side on his horse and rode away with her. But when they came to the hazel tree, the little dove sat there still and sang, Back again, back again, look to the shoe. The shoe is too small and not made for you. Prince, prince, look again for thy bride, for she's not the true one that sits by thy side. Then he looked down and saw the blood streamed so much from the shoe that her white stockings were quite red. So he turned his horse and brought her also back again. Uh, this is not the true bride, said he to the father. Have you uh, no other daughters? No, said he. There is only a little dirty Ashputtel here, the child of my first wife. I'm sure she cannot be the bride. The prince told him to send her, but the mother said, 
No, no, she's much too dirty. She would not dare to show herself. However, the prince would have her come, and she washed her face and hands, then went in and curtsied to him, and he reached her the golden slipper. Then she took her clumsy shoe off her left foot and put on the golden slipper, and it fitted her as if it had been made for her. And when he drew near and looked at her face, he knew her and said, This is the right bride. But the mother and both sisters were frightened and turned pale with anger as he took Ashpoodle on his horse and rode away with her. And when they came to the hazel tree, the white dove sang, Home, home, look at the shoe. Princess, the shoe was made for you. Prince, prince, take home thy bride, for she is the true one that sits by thy side. And when the dove had done its song, it came flying and perched upon her right shoulder, and so went home with her. So the moral of the story, of course, is um, that, uh, you know, if you allow your mother to cut off your toe, you should always cauterize the wound so that it doesn't actually... Uh, no, just kidding. It's, um, well, I, there's a few morals to be drawn here. Uh, the most striking one is is probably uh, don't listen to or take the advice of evil fools. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Ash Poodle uh, didn't, uh, didn't, never, never took the advice of, of and didn't listen to other people. Um, but the, the, definitely the, her, her stepsisters did, and they, they paid a, a terrible price for it. And there's, there's so many evil fools in this world that are going to want to tell you what to do and, um, just don't listen to them. But the, the bigger, uh, moral to this story is, I think that you should make really good friends, uh, who will help you in, in your life. You know, the, the sad part of the story is that, uh, is around the family and the some family just won't have your best interests at heart or won't truly know how to help you, though they may love you, like Ashpoodle's father. And so Ashpoodle cultivated this whole community of friends, all these little birds um, that, you know, she, that she uh, helped by, by, you know, with the, with the twig that grew into the, into the tree that she watered with her sorrow. And they they were there for her when she needed them the most and um and the other important part of of that kind of friendship is is being able to show gratitude to um the people that have helped you and the the very last sentence of this of the story is about how uh ashen poodle repays uh the dove's kindness um, by basically uh, bringing him along to live with her in the castle. That's that's what I think the moral of, of the story is, ultimately. Well, good night. That was Brian Skinner reading The Brothers Grimm, Ashen Poodle. Find Brian on Facebook, or you can find out about his film at www.openforsubmissions.com. I'm your host, RPJ, and it has been a pleasure hosting Dad's Read Princess Stories. You can follow us on... Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, you can give it a guess, but I'll tell you anyway, Dads Read Princess Stories. 
Thank you for listening. And remember, don't start fires, wear your mask, wash your hands, be kind to each other, and stay safe. <laughs>